Welcome to Is This Working, a podcast about the messy parts of work with me, Anna Cogerado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. Today we're talking about procrastination. We all do it and we all feel bad about it, but we're going to let you in on a little secret. Procrastination isn't what you think it is. Dum, dum, dum. Um, But before we go on with the show, we just really wanted to ask you all to do us a huge favor. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're currently at number three in the careers chart, and we really want you to help us to get to number one. I know that we talk a lot about enjoying the process on the show, which obviously we do, and that's 100% why we make the show. But I will be totally honest and say that I just really, really want to see us get to number one. So please help us. Yes, help us get to number one. And if you'd like some review inspiration, here's one from Welfare. They say, great listen, an honest take on the modern working world. So topical, relevant and informative. I enjoyed reading that out, Anna. Can we can we read more reviews out on the show? Yes, yes, we can. But right now, let's get on with it. Anna, talk to me about you and procrastination? So I definitely procrastinate, but I procrastinate in different ways depending on what I'm procrastinating from. So there are the tasks that I put off because they're really boring or not enjoyable. And I usually put those off by coming up with ideas for other stuff that I would rather be doing. Um, I would say that I pretty much have had my best business ideas when I'm doing admin or doing something, I don't know, spreadsheet related and that I'm finding really dull. And those are the moments when I come up with much better ideas of things I would rather be doing. Um, But then there's the procrastination from the things that I actually want to do. So stuff that I find I actually do enjoy doing, but maybe it's hard. So for example, writing usually falls into this category. Um, And how I procrastinate with that is usually by doing housework, interestingly enough. So, um, especially the laundry. So, um, I'll, you know, I'll have an S, um, an essay, I'll have an article to write and I'll put off doing it by going and doing a ra- doing a load of laundry instead. Yeah. I think we all do that. It's that procrastination by doing something that's a bit useful, but not actually the thing that you're trying to actually get done. Yeah, exactly. Because doing laundry is something that's really easy and almost kind of gives me that immediate hit of a sense of achievement because you you take the pile of laundry and just by putting a couple of t-shirts in the machine you feel an immediate sense of actually having done something and it's that I guess it's instant gratification basically totally it's that ticking off the to-do list that dopamine hit um But I've noticed there's a couple of patterns with when I procrastinate and when I don't. And one thing that really sticks out for me is when it's starting something new. So essentially a blank page. 
Um, so say I do my weekly newsletter, I actually don't procrastinate because that's become like a weekly thing that I write and it's almost like a habit. So it's not that scary. Whereas if it's something I've not done for a while, um, or it's a new project, I have this, I guess it's fear going on. And so I put off doing it and it's always totally spine once I start actually doing the work but it's that blank page and that fear before getting into it. Yeah, and that is exactly the moment when I I will leave. I don't want to even look at the blank page anymore. So I will physically leave the room and I'll go and I'll do something else. Um, and it's quite interesting because I think a lot of people often think about procrastinating in the sense that they will scroll uh, on the internet or whatever uh, on their phones, which definitely I do do quite a lot of as well. But I think it's really interesting to sort of think about all of the other ways that procrastination manifests. Totally, because I definitely feel worse about procrastinating when I'm sat there scrolling or playing on the internet. Whereas if I'm physically either just taking a break or doing something like housework, I don't feel as bad about myself. Well, that's, I think, you know, that's, that, that says so much about us, right? That kind of, um, well, and, you know, we'll obviously get into sort of like why we're actually procrastinating and what procrastination even really means. But I think it's really telling that in order for me to feel like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to instantly achieve something. And so I go and do that by feeling quote unquote productive somewhere else. And, you know, that might be just like tidying up or um, just, just doing something that you can quickly tick off the list. Yeah. And I think I'm just thinking about the times when I am mindlessly scrolling and the mindset I'm in, it's always, it's not very relaxing scrolling. And I always tell that the more I'm doing that, I'm often in a lower mood as well. So there's a relationship there between how much I'm procrastinating and scrolling and how I feel about myself. Mm, yeah, exactly. You're kind of, that's the thing, right? We're told, we're sort of told that procrastinating is bad and that you feel really, there's a sense of guilt right around all of this, that you're feeling quite guilty for not getting the thing that you're trying to do done. And I'm, I'm fairly sure that we're probably not the only ones who feel like this. We can't be, we can't be the only ones sort of riddled with guilt about our procrastinating. Absolutely not. I did um, a little bit of asking around about procrastination and I got responses like, I'm the queen of procrastination. And I've, I think every, it's procrastination is one of those things that everybody thinks they're good at um, and everyone does and they kind of own it as an identity. Yeah, exactly. It's that thing of, you know, we, it, 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 you sort of start to feel that it's part of your character and that it is a part of you. Um, and it's interesting because I think some people, some people quite proudly own it and other people just feel really, really bad about it. Yeah, definitely. I think people accept it for themselves and say things like, oh, well, I just, it's because I'm a bit bad or a bit rubbish or not motivated. I think people automatically assume it's a problem with them rather than acknowledging that it's a pretty universal thing that all of us do. Exactly. But before we go any further, because I'm really looking forward to getting into this, Anna, can you please tell me what procrastination actually is? Yes. So the dictionary definition of procrastination the act or habit of procrastinating or putting off or delaying, especially something requiring immediate attention. An example used in a sentence, 
She was smart, but her constant procrastination led her to be late with almost every assignment. So to be clear, procrastination's having the intention to do something, but then you put it off. Exactly. So that's the that's the key thing. In order to procrastinate, you do actually want to or you want you do have the intention of completing the thing, but you're just delaying it. Got it. So you have to have like a task or project in mind that you want to get going on. Yep. So what's the difference between procrastination and laziness? That is an excellent question because these two terms are used interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Um, whilst both involve a lack of motivation, procrastinating means intentionally delaying the completion of a task, especially an important one or an urgent one. Whereas laziness is the disinclination to work or make an effort altogether. Right. I feel like laziness might deserve its own episode oh yes there is so much to be said about laziness um there is a theory that it doesn't exist but i will just leave that hanging as a teaser um because we're going to be talking about procrastination today okay great can we procrastinate quickly with a break and then get back to this yes let's Hey, is this working listeners? We've got some exciting news for you. We are now on Patreon, which is a platform for supporting creators. And you can find us at patreon.com slash is this working show. If you support us on Patreon, we've made some really fun benefits for you that will improve your working life, including early access to the episodes before everyone else. And when you support us on Patreon, you'll be joining our growing community of friendly work buddies. I like to think of our Patreon community kind of like the world's best staff room, a place to hang out and shoot the shit about work. So come and find us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash is this working show. See you there. So how do we overcome procrastination? Well, it's very interesting that you ask that question because so often procrastination is talked about as something that we need to rid ourselves of. So, you know, you'll go on or I will go on YouTube and there are so many videos titled how to stop procrastinating. And, you know, there are countless blog posts about it as well. Um, procrastination is very much framed as a time waster or when you procrastinate, you are, you are wasting your time when in fact, procrastination actually has nothing to do with productivity. Um, so kind of talking about getting rid of procrastination is actually not very helpful because procrastination is actually about emotions. Um, it's essentially what happens when we, don't know how to discharge an uncomfortable or an unpleasant feeling such as, you know, boredom, anxiety, fear, insecurity, self-doubt, the list really goes on. And hello, of those things I've just mentioned, who isn't feeling those emotions right now? Yeah. And what it sounds like what happens is we 
procrastinate and then because of those emotions and those emotions are part of life and obviously even more so these days um but then what happens is because we have this sort of we still have this puritanical attitude and relationship with our work and we beat ourselves up about how we work for not being good enough and that that dialogue within us makes work less pleasant than it needs to be yes exactly and it is really important to distinguish between procrastination and laziness because they are used interchangeably and they're both used as sticks to beat ourselves with and people who procrastinate they tell themselves and we tell tell each other that it's a character flaw um when actually that's that's just not the case people who procrastinate, they have a problem regulating their emotions. And that's actually something that is really common and perfectly normal. Um, and isn't something that kind of indicates that we're broken or anything like that. It just, it's, it's, it's a much bigger and more complex issue. And it's not kind of, it's procrastinating. Isn't, it's not just as simple as saying, Oh my God, this person procrastinates. They're so lazy. They're so unmotivated. They're such a bad person. That's quite a kind of quite a big shaming leap to jump to. Um, very interestingly, there was a study from 2013 by Dr. Timothy Pickle, who is a professor of psychology and a member of the procrastination research group at Carleton university in Ottawa. That is a very long, um, that is a very long job title. But anyway, Dr. Pickle's study found that we procrastinate because we become more focused on the immediate urgency of managing negative emotions than getting on with the task itself. So um, in the technical language of the paper, it's written as the primacy of short-term mood repair over the longer-term pursuit of intended action. But to kind of put that into simple language and to use, to go back to my own example of doing the laundry to kind of make this all be a bit clearer. So rather than me sit in the discomfort of my self-doubt about my writing abilities and get on with the task at hand, which is writing an article, writing a feature, I want to get rid of that feeling so badly because I don't want to sit there and think that this is something that, you know, I don't want to sit with my sort of feelings of self-doubt that I am almost kind of compelled to go and do a task that I know I can't fail at, which is basically sticking some dirty socks into the washing machine and making them clean. Can I ask you a little bit about that? Because what then happens once you do do that task that makes you feel good and then you sit down to do your writing? Well, you can't avoid the bad feeling, right? You can't, I can't, no matter how many loads of laundry I do, it's not going to make that self-doubt go away. You can't kind of shortcut your way out of it. All it's doing is just delaying that feeling. You, you, I have to still, I can't get around the fact that you have to sit at the point, staring at the blank page and have that, have all of that self-doubt wash over you. And then and then you just have to face it. You just have to kind of look look at the screen and the blank page and say, no, I do really want to do this. This is a task that I 
see is important and valuable and I and I know that I'll enjoy it once I get into it I just have to I just have to start it but you can't going and doing the laundry it still doesn't um it doesn't make the feeling that discomfort go away it just it just delays it that's the that's the thing about procrastination right you can keep delaying the task and you can keep delaying feeling bad about doing it or or whatever the feeling is that you're trying to delay but that's all you can do you can't actually make that feeling go away Got it. I guess that makes sense. You're not going to be like, oh, I can write um, a wonderful article because I can also do washing. I guess it makes sense that the brain doesn't quite work in that way. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Um, Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if it did? (laughs) So I actually have another theory around procrastination that I'm just going to throw out there and you tell me how this lands. So I think that you did have time to do your washing and do your task. And so I also wonder if there's a part of it at another level where you don't need as much time as you think to get the task done. I find that I often procrastinate and when I do get down to the task, I actually work really quickly. And so don't actually need to fill the amount of time that I've set aside for the task. So it kind of makes me wonder whether procrastination is also something to do with time and how much work we have to do because traditional work culture tells us that we have to sit at a desk for a set time each day no matter whether we are um a lawyer or a um you know digital marketer or I'm just trying to think of desk desk related office style jobs and obviously that's all happening in the home now um but you know it's what it's kind of crazy that there's this kind of uniform amount of time that everyone in those types of jobs, no matter what that job is and which company that is, is amount to spend is to spend the same amount of time that day working. So I wonder whether sometimes it's just that it's not going to take us that long to fulfill a task. And so we know that we've got time um, to get it done. It's really interesting because I think about this a lot and it's such a chicken and egg thing, right? Which is that because of the nature of a lot of, I mean, all of the work that I do, and I think that's true for lots of other people, it's it's not like, it. the task will take you however long you have, right? You know, it's not, it's not that this, this project is going to take sort of necessarily X amount of hours. I can, I can write a 600 word feature and it can take me half an hour to, okay, I won't be doing it in half an hour, but it will take, you know, it can take me an hour to write or it takes me five hours when I factor in all of the procrastinating that I do along with it as well. And it's really kind of hard sometimes to untangle which bits are almost the productive procrastination and which bits are just that I have tried to start the task before I was actually ready to do it. Um, and I, I don't know if there is a way to sort of like a B test that I would love to know because yes, I will, I will sit down, let's say I'll sit down at 10 o'clock and I'll say, right, I need to write this article and I'll look at my screen. Um, and let's say it's due by the end of the day at 6 PM or something. And I'll kind of look at the screen and I'll think, Oh God, I don't know what I'm going to write about. Um, I might sort of like click around the internet a bit and then I'll go and put the laundry on and, you know, procrastinate and faff around doing some other stuff. And then I'll sit down at my desk at, I don't know, 1 PM and work solidly for two hours and then go and do some other faffing. And basically it will always get done by six o'clock, right? 
But if I had just started it, if I would have taken the actual number of hours that it actually taken me to, to write it and started it at, at the deadline minus those hours, would I still be procrastinating? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I never know whether it's just that I'm expanding into the time that I have or whether the procrastinating is kind of part of the process. So it's a really, really difficult thing to untangle. And if I do think about the times that I have worked um, in situations where I had to be in an office at set working hours, to a large extent, I mean, I always got the work that I had to do done, but I did loads of procrastinating in the form of, you know, going on Facebook and watching TED Talks on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, But I don't know, I kind of feel that I think in a lot of offices, it's very much unspoken, but everyone knows that everyone else is doing that at some point. It's kind of part, it's almost part of your day. Yeah. And I guess, as you say, it'd be interesting to A-B test it because I'd be so curious to know what would happen if I gave myself a couple of hours before deadline to do everything, um, to get all my tasks done, but just set, start doing them really close to the deadline. But that doesn't sound like a very nice way to work either. Well, exactly. Because this is about, you know, I guess what we're getting at here is sort of, um, questioning whether procrastination really is something that we need to get rid of or whether it's something that we just need to just accept that we do. Because, you know, I do think that especially, especially in jobs where, in creative jobs where there is, you know, there is thinking that has to go into what you're doing. Stuff is going on in your brain, in the subconscious. You are still thinking about the task at hand whilst you're, especially, especially if the thing that, especially if the way that you're procrastinating is by, um, you know, pottering around the house and doing, doing other tasks. And I, I say this also in the kind of, in the, in the hope that I know there are lots of people who are working from home right now. And for lots of people who are not used to working from home, the house feels like it is full of so many distractions and the possibilities to procrastinate are endless. But I do think that there is, there can be some, some value in in that and basically maybe procrastination is is necessary that's a really interesting idea the fact that procrastination is a necessary part of our working lives and perhaps embracing it could make us enjoy our day-to-day better because as you say people now are more and more working at home and I'm just thinking about how I actually quite enjoy taking breaks by doing housework because you're getting up you're moving the body around the house you're not just like it does feel better to me anyway than like sitting and scrolling or staring at that blank page so we definitely can reframe it as a more positive thing than perhaps we have done in the past well yeah I mean this is the thing I think it's about being intentional then with how you use your procrastinating breaks almost, I guess is the way to sort of thinking about it. Because I could very easily get sort of sucked into a rabbit hole of procrastinating it with especially with housework. Um because you know you go to, oh I'll just okay, I need to I need to send this email to my accountant and ask him this 
question and it's it's boring or you know it's stress inducing so um, instead of that I'm just going to go and do the dishes and then you go and you do the dishes and you think and you find oh well actually um, there's lime scale on the tap so I'm just going to descale the um, tap and then um, oh actually the dishwasher needs to have the whatever salt added and then next thing you know you've kind of pulled everything out of the kitchen cupboards and you're sat there cleaning out doing a deep clean of your cupboards and alphabetizing all of your spices or something and that's because you've sort of you've put no kind of um boundaries around how you're going to procrastinate and you've got put sort of no measures in place for how you're actually going to sort of manage your time I suppose um but Whereas if you sort of think, okay, I know that I've got this difficult thing to do um, and I know that I'm going to faff around a bit. So um, I'll let myself faff, but I'll put a timer on and only do it for 15 minutes and then I have to get get back to it. So, you know, do you see what I mean? It's kind of more about trying to be intentional and sort of use the fact that actually you'll enjoy, as you say, to your point, you know, actually moving around and um, doing stuff around the house. It, that is, it's not a bad thing to do that, but just incorporating it in a way that I think is more beneficial both for the task that needs to be completed but also for how you actually do the procrastinating in the first place totally and I think the other thing as well because procrastination is about emotions is also just to think a little bit about I'm just thinking about what you said about you're staring at that screen you've got the self-doubt I said that it's when I'm doing something new. So similarly, that same anxiety, can I do this? It's that kind of imposter syndrome thing. But the more I go through my life and the more I read about life and think about life, I think embracing and sitting with bad emotions is actually one of the most powerful things we can do to live a good life. And I would also argue that if you're doing work that you're not afraid of, regularly you're probably not doing work that's stretching you enough and so we should almost lean into that discomfort of doing stuff that scares us slightly and therefore maybe we need to wash our socks before we do it (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly exactly I mean it makes me I was I was once on a panel with um the brilliant writer Amelia Tate and we were giving advice to people who wanted to freelance journalists and Amelia said that she talked about leaning into your imposter syndrome and using it almost to humble yourself. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling kind of scared of writing something, or if you're, if you're feeling self-doubt, if you lean into that and you kind of embrace that, then that's actually going to make you, it's almost going to make you better at the writing in a sense, because, um, you kind of, you want to sort of, not necessarily, not so much prove your, prove yourself, but you want to kind of, um, use that to, to a positive end and, and basically kind of treat it as quite humbling rather than something to sort of beat yourself up about. Absolutely. So what can we do about procrastination? Should we get onto some practical next steps? Yes. Let's problem solve everyone's procrastination for them. Um, so, the most important thing for procrastination is that kind of get the idea out of your head that it's something that needs to be um, gotten rid of, that you need to get rid of it. And actually 
focus more on this idea of learning how to manage your emotions and learning how to self-regulate your feelings. Uh, and so a really practical way that I actually do this is I use, I mean, there are lots of these apps, but I specifically use the Calm Mindfulness and Meditation app. And that has specific exercises about procrastination in the app. And it's a guided, there are guided meditations about procrastination. Um, and really, I mean, very tellingly, you know, the the instructions in or well, not the instructions but the meditations are all about bringing your attention back to the present moment and it's not doesn't teach you how to get rid of procrastination it teaches you how to um bring awareness to what you're actually doing and staying present yes i find awareness really is the key to pretty much solving most of our problems in life but um as you say it's about just checking in with that, what's happening in that moment, because I actually read this somewhere and I, I can't remember where it was such a passing thing, but it's actually really changed my daily life where I read this piece that said, um, when you're scrolling, just say to yourself, I am scrolling. And what happens is suddenly I say, I am scrolling. And then I don't scroll for that much longer because I've acknowledged what's actually happening and I'm challenging myself. How am I feeling in this moment? What else would I rather be doing right now? So I find that a really great way just to stop or min or just scroll a little bit less. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got more app recommendations because I don't know why I'm on a, such a kind of <laughs> using technology to fix my problems, uh, mode at the moment. Um, so we, we, well, something we kind of mentioned earlier is, is, is when things become habits and when things become, you know, it's, you very much go on autopilot. Um, and I think that can happen quite a lot with procrastination. You can almost start defaulting to, to turning to places where you would procrastinate. So for example, very often that is either scrolling or going on social media or going on kind of websites that are distracting and that you you use those websites to procrastinate from. Um, and so what I've been trying to do lately is I've been trying to actually just kind of break that habit because it's become so, I've, it's such an autopilot response for me to um, keep clicking onto Twitter or Instagram or whatever it might be instead of doing whatever task I should be doing. So um, I've actually started using the Freedom app, which is the app that blocks, you know, you put it on and it blocks these, um, it blocks the websites. You can also put it on your phone as well. So um, I will try to open Twitter and I physically won't be able to. And the way I'm using that, it's um, it's just basically as a, as a, as a reminder to myself, because I find that I'm almost doing this a little bit. I'm doing it quite mindlessly sometimes. Like when, when we're talking about, um, I guess why I'm, I'm talking specifically about using um, social media to procrastinate. And so this has been a really good way just to bring awareness to the fact that I'm actually doing these things. And when that little thing comes up saying this, this website's been blocked, I think, oh God, there I, there, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to procrastinate. And I, fi and I find that has been really, really helpful. I love that because I don't believe in willpower. I believe in setting ourselves up for success to m make decisions easy. So if you don't want to wake up in the morning and scroll through your phone, put your phone in another room when you sleep, things like that. So that's why I really love your suggestion. Which is something that I also can 
attest to because I've been keeping my phone in another room for I've for years now to be honest um and it works brilliantly uh you know I I I just don't look at my phone first thing in the morning and and the only way I I train that habit is by putting that physical block in this is what it comes down to though like if someone's like I'm a procrastinator I'm a bad person I'm this you're not going to go, oh, actually, maybe there's external forces happening and I can actually put parameters in place, e.g. putting my phone somewhere else, putting a blocker on my app and actually creating an easier space for you to not procrastinate. Well, yeah. And then this, this comes back to this idea that procrastination is not a character flaw. And, and the most important thing to kind of take away from this is that it's not a, it's also not, a, it's not a, this kind of fixed personality trait. I know that there's kind of, you know, that there's a lot of discussion around whether some people are just natural procrastinators and others aren't. I think we all have the capacity to procrastinate in us. And I think it's just about whether or not we've learned how to regulate, how well we are able to regulate our emotions. And so it's not this fixed state of being, and it's not this thing that then makes, it's not a moral, it's not a, it's not a moral judgment that procrastinators are bad people. So um, that's kind of, that's like a really big thing thing with it as well is just um is is being able to kind of look at all this stuff with with compassion for yourself exactly I think um you know the way we talk to ourselves is not how we would talk to someone else so Anna if you said oh I have this big project to do but oh I sort of procrastinate a little bit and like put all the labels on my jars or whatever you have a label maker don't you yeah, obviously. <laughs> my, ha- my house is full of very, very productive ways to delay yeah. doing the task I, at hand. I actually, I actually, I kind of wish I actually had that trait a little bit more. But um, anyway, I don't say to you, you're bad, you're not working well. Like I say to you, oh, that's great that you've got your label maker and you've kind of used some time to sort of think a little bit before you do your job. So anyway, this is a long-winded way of saying you should talk to yourself how you would a friend when it comes to being compassionate about your working habits and procrastination. Yeah, exactly. And then that also, it's that is just the first step in um, also kind of breaking these habits because when you kind of, it, it's that, it's that difference between looking at your behaviors and just observing them for what they are versus putting that onto yourself and saying that there is a, there is a deep flaw within you and being able to distinguish between those two things. Exactly. And I also think one of the most beneficial things we can do is accept that bad emotions are a part of our lives and you can't escape them. And if you do, it will make them worse. And one of my favorite quotes from recently is from Glennon Doyle, who's the author of Untamed, which is this brilliant book that sort of liberates women and challenges us to think differently about how we live our lives. And and a quote she has, which has come out of her experience from um, recovery, um, she says, life is hardest when you're doing it right. And it's something I keep coming back to every time I have an emotion such as, whether it's self-doubt that we've discussed with work or whatever it might be, um, and I just feel like, yeah, life life is hardest when you're doing it right. The bad emotions will come. Those feelings and discomfort will be there. So, you know, if in the short term we do something to manage that, then I think that's okay. I think that is a beautiful note to end this episode on. Uh, I'm going to go now because I actually do have some laundry that I've got to do. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
You are listening to Is This Working? Hosted by Anna Cogerado and Tiffany Philippou. Produced by Chris Bannister. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please do subscribe to the show and leave us a review as we're trying to get to number one in the careers charts. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.